Welcome to the Whipped Cream Podcast Live, our first episode. Happy International Women's Day. Thank you so much for having us, Joe, and everybody else who's helped out. Uh, I'm Bianca Harris, if you've never met me before. Thank you guys so much for coming. I have Rafa with me, singer and songwriter. Hi. <laughs> so before we start, any talk that I do, I kind of start... Wait, first of all, does anyone meditate? Oh, okay, that's a lot of people. Does anyone breathe? <laughs> yeah, okay, so everybody just close your eyes. And we're just going to take a deep breath in and just kind of let go of the day. Like we're all coming from work or school or maybe you're at this event already and there's like things going on in your mind. There's things going on outside. But just kind of let the day go. There's a reason you came here. So we want to get the most out of the conversation. You just want to get present to this moment and actually get what you came here for. Or maybe you don't know what you came here for and get something that you can possibly learn from. And you just want to take one more deep breath in and out. And then you can open your eyes. So I've been wanting to do the podcast live for a really long time since we started. It's been about a year and a half ago. So I'm really excited to be here and nervous a little bit. <laughs> um, me and Raf had a really awesome conversation. If you listen to the podcast regularly, it was about two months ago. Yeah. And she was probably one of the most open guests that I had on. So I was like, we got it. You were the first person I thought of to do this. Um, if you guys know about WIP, it's, we're basically started as like an entrepreneur brand. So like how to invigorate and, and cultivate uh, careers for entrepreneurs. As we've grown and evolved, it's turned into more of a wellness kind of brand. And we still talk about career and everything else, but I feel like the conversation is always coming back to wellness. And I'm really excited to have you with me today because of actually our conversation that we had on the podcast. I didn't tell you at the time, but really inspired me because I've dealt with my own like addiction and mental health and depression in my entire life. Like I can't remember when I didn't. Um, so because you were so open about it, it actually helped me be so open. So we don't have that much time. We're going to do half an hour of us kind of just chatting and then we'll open it up for questions and stuff. Um, so let's just jump right in. It's so funny doing it live. <laughs> it's so much easier doing this in a podcast when it's like me and her talking. And now I'm like, I want to talk to Bianca, but I'm also like, that's not fun for you guys. So I'm going to do halfsies <laughs> doing like this. So That's to give cool. you guys a little bit of context um, on the podcast, Raf shared. There's a couple of seats up here if you want to sit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you kind of shared on the podcast about um, some of the struggles you had with eating and food and mm -hmm. your body and stuff. So I think it would be awesome to kind of touch on that and uh, start the conversation with that. Okay. I know it's like weird. I'm not asking you a question, but maybe we'll talk about... Like, we'll touch a little bit about what we talked about on the podcast, so, like, how you were in grade eight, and that's kind of when it started for you. Yeah. Um, so, I guess what what we had talked about was um, when I was younger, um, I just, I was always, like, a chubby kid. That's just, like, my body shape. Even when I was, like, a, a young, like, four, I had, like, a small waist and kind of, like, just thighs that touched, you know? Like, I look at pictures of myself and, like, it's always been my body. And um, and then I, I remember being in grade eight and um, the boys, like, ranked the girls uh, as from like prettiest to least pretty or some, or like dateable. And somehow the girls got the list, of course. Um, and I think I was like the one who was like the friend. And I remember that really affecting me. Um, cause I was always like the friend, but I was never like the hot girl. And I had a best friend growing up, um, who had a similar, I guess, felt the same way. And uh, when I think around grade eight, when we kind of started like, you know, hormonally changing and our body started changing, we kind of like fed off each other and decided that we wanted to change our bodies. Um, but the only way that we really like knew how was just doing it in a really poor manner. So we just kind of, and like the problem is having a friend like that is that they start to lose weight and then you get kind of jealous. So you're kind of trying to lose weight and then you're telling each other like, you look so good. And, and the crazy thing is that like the more weight you lose everyone around you, even your like parents and your parents' friends are going like, wow, you look so good. You look so healthy. And it's ironic because you're, you're the farthest thing from healthy, but you feed off of that attention. Like all of a sudden the guys in my class in grade eight were like, you know, I was climbing that list, getting to the top and, um, <laughs> Yeah, I think that that kind of started everything. It just reorganized how I how I saw eating healthy, how how I saw health 
period. And it like, you know, is all has to do with, with mental health as well. Um, cause you just, you just totally skewed at a young age. Um, so yeah, that kind of like kicked off my relationship with my body and food and eating. It just like, you know, now even as an adult, um, who tr- tries to be really smart about eating and, and body, um, I still struggle with just having like a positive relationship with food and just letting myself like eat a meal without thinking about anything else besides just, Hey, this is good. I'm hungry. This tastes great. Um, yeah. And I guess the Same. other thing that like, and like, yeah. you know, it's, it's not, it's just never as easy. Like if you struggle with body image, um, and, and body health, um, you just like, that's just something you'll always live with. It's not something that you can even, if you go to therapy and even if, you know, you meditate, I think you just live with having to, to check in with yourself and kind of like coast yourself and have moments where you just like tell yourself like, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Like I ate a really big meal and I'm having a bit of a panic about it. Like I sometimes like have nightmares about like food, which is crazy. Um, like the anxiety carries. Oh yeah. Like lives deep within me. Um, but it's just going to always be a part of who I am. And like, you just going to have to, yeah. Figure that Mine out. for me started with first. It started with food. I would compulsively eat like before my dance class. Like I'd buy like go to the bulk barn and buy like a massive bag of candy and eat the entire thing. And then I had a lot of energy and then I'd crash and get depressed. And then it was shopping. I like maxed out all my credit cards. Oh God, I don't even like the amount of stuff I have is disgusting. And then it was drugs. And then it was alcohol. And then it was drugs. And then it was alcohol. And then it was shopping. So it was always something to like help me feel better. I was never really dealing with the problem. So I don't know if it's the same for you, but it's like what you're using to cope. And I feel like we all do it with something. It could be working. Now it's working for me. Like now it's like, everyone's like, oh my God, you're doing great and you're working so much. I'm like, yeah, but that also has a toll. So it's, you kind of have to like almost address what's going on underneath. And me talking about it as part of that, meditating and a lot of other things that I do outside of that um, is kind of what able to help me for sure and I think like talking about it it's crazy because you like for me at least so I guess my eating stuff turned into a very long many year um battle with like very secretly too like my parents and my brothers don't uh don't know about this and actually when we spoke on the podcast it was the first time that I had like ever said out loud like I was bulimic for 10 years and um you know that's like that's a heavy thing to put on your body that's like you know, up to four or five times a day making yourself sick. And especially as a singer, that's like a a really bad thing to do, obviously. And I knew that. Um, But I was so nervous when we were talking on the podcast because I was like, it's really cathartic to fucking own it and be like, this is a thing that I did. It had nothing to do with my parents. It had nothing to do with, you know, my friends or my, my family. It was, it was something that I did to myself. And I was so nervous that my family would hear it and I'd have to have the conversation. And I, but I wanted it. Like I wanted to just, just deal with it. And then my brothers and my parents didn't listen to the podcast because my parents couldn't figure out the link. <laughs> so they, t- it's, it's still this weird thing that like I can talk to this room about. And yet I can't say it to my parents because... I know my mom will take it personally and she will like take it on as something that like she did to me and I don't want to do that to her. So I have this like guilt, you know, on top of all the other shit, (laughs) it's like this guilt about it. So wait, totally. And I remember like we talked about this, like I was a nanny for a couple years and I babysat when I was growing up, always like young girls and I was a camp counselor I was a camp director and I was like you know leading these young women and and talking to them about like health and body issue and respecting yourself and then like going and puking in the washroom and I felt so bad about it but at that point wasn't at a place where I could figure out how to stop but like yeah man that that was like that was you know I think that's like where the mental health stuff kicked in because I felt so shitty about what I was doing to myself and I was like stop like just stop you know you are you're the one who's doing it you can just stop but you can't stop yeah it's it's like an addiction yeah yeah that came up a lot with me with starting this brand whip because I was like people don't even know what's going on on the other side like all the crap I'm dealing with so I'm like how am I supposed to empower other people if I'm not empowered enough to even talk about it and the more I open my mouth everyone's like me too like I'll say so I said something to somebody the other day and he's like yeah me too. And then like just vomited all this stuff on me about all the things he was going through. And I was like, had I not said that, 
like that conversation for him was even healing. So it's like when you are holding it all in, it's next to impossible to heal when you're trying to do it alone, right? Totally. And it will start manifesting itself in other ways, you know, like you'll start, I don't know, developing headaches or like, you know, a bad attitude, anger, sadness, like, you know, saying and dealing with your shit is like so scary. And um, you're afraid that like people will be mad or um, like, you know, feel guilty, but it also is like, really truly the only way that you can um get over it yourself and then like you said you know and this is the reason that we wanted to do this podcast live was because the feedback that we got about our chat um we both got really nice feedback from a lot of people you your mom me strangers i got a lot of dms on instagram from young fans of my music who were like hey thank you so much for doing that podcast i also struggle with da 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 or you know have struggled with this in the past and like I really appreciate you being candid about it um and that was like really hugely you know important to me even though my parents and my brothers didn't hear it there was people who were reaching out and being like thank you it made a difference well because of our conversation too my mom listened to it and then she ended up sharing with me about a lot of her food issues which I had no idea even existed and then we had this whole like conversation that would have never happened so it's almost I mean mean, the undertone of this conversation we're having right now is like don't keep it all in here like you might not want to get up on a stage like we are and tell however many people but when you're letting it out that's when you can begin even healing because you're facing it at that point right whatever it is like I'm telling you everyone I meet has something that they use as their like compulsive thing to make them feel better right and And what do you think you were trying to cover up by doing that like what do you think you were trying to really like feel better about well I don't know if like We've talked about this. We were just talking about this. Like, I uh, I don't know what came first. It's like the egg or the chicken. Like, I don't know what came first, if it was my issues with control and then the eating stuff, or if it's now issues with control because of the eating stuff. But um, I know that that is, like, hugely tied to... Um, to, to, to food and food intake and body issues and self-control. It's, it's like you get obsessed with the control. And... Um, I think like I developed and like when I stopped making myself sick, which was about three years ago, I developed really bad anxiety. And now that's like the thing that's now my new thing, (laughs) um, that I have to like figure out how to deal with. Um, at least it's not as physically damaging, but it is a whole other world. Um, and the interesting thing about anxiety is like so many people are talking about it these days, which is really cool. And it makes you feel way less alienated. And I don't feel bad saying to people, um, you know, like I did a, a, a photo shoot a little while ago and it was a really big photo shoot. My manager was like, you know, like got to do a good job. And I had a really horrible morning. It was, and it sounds like minute things, but it felt, it felt like a lot of things just kind of like stacking up. I spilled a smoothie on my lap. I was running late. My hair looked stupid. And I got to the shoot and I couldn't stop crying. I like my publicist was there and I got there and I couldn't stop crying. And she was like, okay, uh, yeah, no, it's fine. Just going to grab a glass of water and you're just going to sit in that corner for a little while. And I was like, okay, I don't know why. I just can't stop crying. (laughs) And she was really cool. And I was like, my anxiety is just really bad right now. And she was like, don't worry about it. And it was so amazing to have like someone who didn't make me feel stupid that I was crying because I was feeling anxious for no reason. It was really, really nice to have someone who was like, for sure, take a couple minutes to yourself. No problem. Like it, it, it feels like there's just less of a taboo. And I think like everyone is getting a little more comfortable talking about it. So yeah, now that anxiety is a part of like my life, I think because of my food issues and my, now I like just constantly deal with feeling like I have to have control of my life, of my career, of my relationships, of everything. So you get anxiety when you feel like you don't have control? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. I just have it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, even if you think you have control, all of a sudden, like, I'll be like, I get this weird thing. I don't know if any of you guys have ever had this. The internet tells me that it's an anxiety attack, but it feels like um, bugs crawling on your head. It feels like this tingly thing on your head. It's super weird. And I remember Googling like feeling of bugs on <laughs> scalp and it's like anxiety attack. So, or lice. <laughs> and I don't, I get it when I'm not even feeling anxious or lice. 
or lice. <laughs> um, really big lice. Um, yeah, but I get it when I'm not feeling anxious, and then I start getting anxious because I'm like, oh my god, I'm anxious. What am I anxious about? Oh my god, you know, it's like. Well, anxiety is just this really weird thing, and I know a lot of people will probably disagree with me when I say this, but it is all just made up in your head about a bunch of th stuff that you're thinking over and over and over. Usually, some belief that you have, you keep thinking it over and over and over. Like before I get up here, I'm like, when I'm up here, I'm fine, and then before it, I'm like, oh my god, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous, and I'm like, I'm doing this to myself. You know, and I do that all the time. Yeah, for sure. It's, so it's it's not to say not to take away from it because it's not like even knowing that it doesn't make it a difference. Like you could you're still gonna get anxious or nervous or whatever it for is. For sure. Right? You got You are the you are the one who. That's why anxiety is so interesting too, because you can talk about it with everyone, but it's very personal, and everyone knows. Um, you know, I tried to talk to my parents once about uh, therapy because I was like, I think therapy is so wicked. I think we should all do fucking therapy. It's expensive and. I find, like I tried to go to a therapist and the free therapy and like just wasn't a good fit. So I was like, oh fuck, that sucks. Um, but and I was it trying is to, super expensive. It is, and that's the hard thing. It's like if you're not covered, uh, it's you can get free therapy, but there's a wait list, and like sometimes the just the match isn't right, and you don't want to go see a therapist who like isn't isn't someone you want to talk to. But I remember talking to my parents about therapy, and I was like, yeah, like I think it's such a positive thing, and I think it would be so good. Like I would love to see a therapist, and my mom was like, well, why would why would you see a therapist? Like there's nothing wrong with you I think the therapy and I was like well oh. um but I was also like you know I have anxiety and she like wouldn't really like believe me that I had anxiety it was very weird she like wanted to deny like, touch my armpits yeah exactly <laughs> this is I have the feeling mom <laughs> but yeah it was really weird she like didn't want to like uh acknowledge that like anxiety lives you know amongst everyone even if they seem very composed or you know in control it's just like a thing and it's it's up to you to really figure out like what are your triggers what do I do to make me feel better do you meditate do you breathe you know like I remember when I was like 14 and I used to smoke like really heavy duty weed I would get really high at like a party and then I'd convince myself like oh my god I'm so high I've like peed my pants and then you, you have to like talk yourself off this ledge I remember like going to the washroom and like talking to myself in the washroom being like you're not that high you're fine. Have a glass of water. You'll be fine. And then, like, ten minutes later, I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Like, I'm going to have another You're puff. just, like, smoking weed peeing on yourself. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. That's why I can't smoke weed, because it just makes me even more anxious. It doesn't work. And I never know. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Um, so what about your anxiety if you're singing? I... Well, so we were just talking about this because Bianca was like, I'm nervous. Are you nervous? And I was like, no, I don't get... It's weird. I, like, I don't get nervous before singing. And um, I get anxiety about all of the... Like all of the nitty gritty stuff because like I'm, I'm my own... I'm my own artist. It's not like I have a me and other people who are like in a band. It's me as the artist and then I have, you know, hired musicians behind me who are great. But... Um, I'm the band leader, so it's up to me to always make the decisions. Like, am I firing someone? Um, which is all sort I you should see me try to fire someone. It's <laughs> You're a Libra, right? Yeah. It's That's not for you. It's like me trying to break up with someone which just consists of like just babbling. I'm like, it's not you, it's me, you're great. Even though like with musicians, it's like sometimes they're not great. And sometimes it's like been like really stressful and unprofessional. And yet I like can never just be like, hey, you know what? It's not working out. Like I'm I'm always trying to get better at being my own boss. Okay, what you're pointing to, I want to stop you because okay. this is where a lot of anxiety is born. You're dealing you're not acknowledging something that's right in front of you. So you have all this anxiety about it, right? That's usually what it is. Like sure. I just got up here and acknowledged that I was nervous and I'm not nervous anymore. Boom, done. You get it out of the way. So a lot of the time, the anxiety that we have and we carry around with us is because you're just not expressing whatever it is that you're dealing with. Yeah, you're like holding it, holding in, it in here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like that, like, you know, being your own boss and being like an entrepreneur or, you know, the the head of w whatever you do is amazing. But like you're, you make or break your own career. So there's like so, like every decision you make can be super beneficial or it can like fuck everything up. And that's a lot of pressure, especially like, I mean, I'm still learning about horoscopes. I've never been someone who's like, you're a Scorpio. Like that's why, you know? Um, but I do know that like as a Libra, I am like, I'm not a born decision maker. I, I struggle with being like, no, yes, no, yes. I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I'm like, Oh, maybe uh, Bianca, like, what do you think? Like, you know, I, I need other people to help. So it's a really interesting challenge for me to be a, 
a boss who's like making the hard cuts. Um, and I think like, so I don't get anxious about performing. It's all of the other business stuff, you know, it's like, do we rent a car to drive to New York? Do like, what time are we leaving? If we leave at this time, will we get there in time? Like, do we have all this shit? It's just, yeah, that's all the stuff that makes me anxious. It's like the little things that make up your day. How many people have anxiety in the room? Everyone. Can somebody yell, a couple of you yell out what your anxiety mainly comes from? Like work, food, whatever. (laughs) Break it down a little bit more. Overthinking. Overthinking. Does anyone get, um, I know one of my anxiety triggers is, is when I think people are upset with me or mad at me, that feeling, you know, and and that's when you like, that's when it's in your head. You're like, someone's, you know, kind of like talking to you differently or they're like texting you differently and you're like, fuck, fuck. That is, and like, I don't have anxiety at all. See, interesting. (laughs) That's a huge thing for me. Like I will totally like convince myself for days that someone's mad at me and then I'll confront it or. they'll talk to me about it and usually nothing's wrong or like something tiny you know and then two seconds it's squashed and it's gone and you spend like days I'll spend days freaking out that like my boyfriend's about to break up with me and then I'll be like I gotta know what's happening and he's like what (laughs) like nothing (laughs) it's crazy I just always think about all the time I could be using being productive but I'm just sitting there being anxious about whatever it is so like what do you do when you have an anxiety attack or like feeling i'm gonna interview you now excuse yeah, me no problem. um what like does it uh stop you from doing anything productive or are there things that you do that kind of like help you feel better well, cleaning I used, to, I used to just get high that was my way of dealing with it <laughs> no, no more um so it's like now i have to train it's all about like we're all gonna have it you're all gonna have stressful situations over and over and over again but i think it's just a matter of how you react to it and deal with it so i like doing yoga and meditation i'm always blabbing about it because it just has really worked for me but some people it's the gym some people it's i don't know doing makeup like whatever it is like something like that thing that you do that just like your mind is not on like we're all so overstimulated with our phone and everything. It's just like our da 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 all the time. Of course you're gonna have anxiety. Like yeah. we're just nonstop. So what do I do? I just try to like step back. And if I'm really angry or pissed off at someone, like I literally put the phone down now and I'm like, I'm not gonna reply to this now sure. and just like deal with it later. Because I think that that's such a huge source of like, we depend like so much on our phones and on social media to like make us feel good or um, to to help us feel uh, like loved or included. And I remember having, for a hot second, I downloaded that app that shows you who follows and unfollows oh, you. Oh, God. I did too. I was like, I had that honestly for like a day. Yeah. And and like, like one close friend that I like really like admired, who's a musician, unfollowed me. And I, to this day, have not forgotten it. Like I, I still, like we're good, but in my heart I'm like, I know you unfollowed me. She refollowed me. But I deleted it immediately after that because I was like, I cannot have this app because I will go crazy. I don't need to know. There are just some things that like you don't need to know. And also, it's not natural for us to be knowing what everybody's doing exactly. all the time. Like yeah. that is the, actually the most unnatural thing for a human being's brain. So I think that just being able to like step aside and put your shit down is really important, especially if you're actually trying to be productive. That's what you need to do. My whole business depends on my phone. I was going to say, if you're an entrepreneur too, especially like Instagram, like your Instagram is hugely your business, right? Like it's, it's so hard to put down your phone because you're like, fuck, what if someone's emailing me? What if someone's texting me about something? It's so hard. The first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, I look at my phone, you know? Yeah. I was doing really good with that because I was like making it a habit to not look at my phone when I got up and it will change the wiring of your brain. But I've been not so good with that lately. It's, it's really hard not to obsess about it, but like that is definitely, um, a source of, uh, of like anxiety and makes you overthink everything. And like, it's just crazy. There's so many options, so many things you can have on your phone that just, I don't think that like we should. (laughs) I know. I know. Does anybody have a question, comment or concern? Yeah. What's up? What's your name? Sure. Or we can just give a mic and then we'll use this yeah, one. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Can we, can we ask that again? 
<laughs> Hello. Okay, so my question was um, trying to balance um, being productive and going on Instagram and using Instagram as a business tool for your business and then at the same time kind of remove yourself from that and then, you know, have your time yeah. and balance that. Uh, I would say pre-plan it as much as you can so you don't have to actually be on it as much. Maybe like even do like three days ahead or something like that. It's really hard. I'm going to give you that answer, but like that's it's actually, so hard. I, like, I, I, no, that's a good thing to hear because I also have that, that same question constantly, you know, like if you're trying to post like once every day or once every two days, it like takes a lot of time and you're like trying to think of like a cute caption that's like not lengthy, but like, you know, still gets right to the point and it takes a lot of time. So like, actually that's a good idea. Sit down like pre-plan them and then have them ready to go. Yeah. If you pre-plan it too, then, cause like, I'm like, I have to curate everything. So if you pre-plan it for the most part, then you can just don't have to think about it. You put it up and leave. And then you, <laughs> I don't know. I should ask my girl, my social media girls right here. Uh, how long? I don't know. It's hard to say. I think I think it would be more like individual. Like it really depends how how you want it to look and curate it, and uh, that's really hard to answer. But maybe just like have a day aside. Like okay, half my Sunday, I'm gonna plan my social media for the week, and even if it just leads you up to Wednesday, then you can do real life shit, and then your social's done. There's apps that will literally post it for you, do all that stuff for you, so you literally don't have to have your brain on your phone. I think that's like really important and smart to do. Want to say something? Well, I was going to say, like, I've actually, like, a question, if that's cool for you guys, because there probably are a lot of people in here who um, who are entrepreneurs and, like, business owners. Have you guys ever, and Bianca too, um, have you, do you ever struggle with um, dealing with your own integrity and sticking to who you are as, like, a business um, owner or a boss, and then also trying to, like, getting offers that, like, offer money, let's say, you know, opportunities that will offer you success, but maybe go against... You have to kind of figure out who am I, how much am I willing to bend and lean? Because I know that's something that I, um, uh, especially because I have I have a label behind me and, and a managerial team who we want the money because without the money, it's really hard to tour, to, you know, pack up the band and fly to this cool opportunity. But it's like, as someone who d does really like, for me, I really try to be stick to my guns with a lot of stuff. It's like those are, um, I think sometimes that's one of the hardest things is kind of trying to like figure out who am I, how do I stick to that, how do I still maintain success, and you know find compromise. So what do you think? Oh, I, uh, hi. This is <laughs> I was like trying to hang back and not talk, but yeah, I think that's really it's it's like something that I totally struggle with myself in in what I do like balancing like you said at the end of the day like we all need to make money um but yeah I've done things that I really regretted after that I was like I shouldn't have taken that gig or taken that job and that was definitely just like money in the bank for me and that's that's okay you can't like beat yourself up over that but I think if it gets to the point where you're like doing too many of that and expelling too much energy for things that aren't returning to you yeah. like Getting, you know, financial gain is definitely a type of return, but I think it's not, like, sustainably fulfilling either. I think eventually you'll be like, okay, cool, I made all that money, but what, yeah, what did it do for me in the long run? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, you, you answer, and then I'll tell a story. Yeah. Okay, so what I was going to say is, um, like, you mentioned it, like, I feel like, defining who you are is something that's kind of cyclical, so you have to go through those experiences sometimes True. to recognize, and it's like kind of knowing what your, not, not what your line is, but what your boundaries are, like mm -hmm. what kind of, like what your circle is, yeah. more so, and um, understand that, especially if you're working with like a label behind you, you, you're in an agreement with a certain number of other people, so it's like coming to that like common, yeah. mm -hmm. finding out like who you aren't. Yeah, exactly. And then the sticking to it. It's gonna some thing is like to be happy and shit like that. It's like decisions aren't always gonna be easy. Yeah. That's I think a lot of times that's where we fool ourselves or like want to believe like it's just gonna be hard. But like if you have the reasoning behind, like you have your why, like yeah. who you are, what you why you're doing it, then you can kind of rest assured that all right, cool. I feel like 
kind of shitty right now, but you know, I know why, and it's going to pass, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like if you turn down a job that just doesn't feel like you, and you're like, you, you know what, I actually feel that. better not having uh-huh. that money, because that would have been like dirty money. And then it makes you feel even better about yourself, yeah. and then you're like, level up. <laughs> I'm going to eat tuna tonight, but it's going to taste good. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, I deal with this all. No, hang on. Sorry there. Um, okay. So, yeah, What's your as. Name? A, uh, What's your name? <laughs> Eugene. Hi. So, um, as a business owner myself, one common, I guess, challenge that I do find is when I'm trying to, like, seize new opportunities, sometimes I feel like I have to compromise my principles to go out and just make it happen. Because um, I guess the, the challenge of running your own business, it could be. There's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of expectation. So that's a common challenge I think a lot of business owners face. But on the other side of it is learning how to stay true to yourself and sticking true to your values. And I find like when you, you're able to say no, when you're able to set your boundaries and when you're able to stick to who you are and your values, you progress a lot more than mm. putting yourself, seizing every opportunity that's out there. So yeah. um, that's something that I definitely experienced. Yeah. yeah. Especially if a lot of people are seeing you do that. And they admire that. No, like people are seeing you just take every opportunity and it's almost like, yeah, you can respect the person's hustle, but it's also like, where, where are you? Where's your brand identity if you are your own brand? Like I deal with that a lot. All the gigs that like are all, all the um, opportunities I get that are like a lot of money. A lot of the times I do have to bend a lot, but it's like, just have a checklist. Yeah. Just have like these three things need to be hit. Boom. Just like I would do for something that I was doing for free. Um, like there's like a lot of like speaking opportunities that I've been doing and I'm just like, I'm just going to do it cause I need to practice eventually. Like that's not going to happen. You're going to pay me or that's it. Right. So it's like, you have to see what you're getting out of it too. There's a fine line. Like I said, like you said, there's a boundary, like, am I getting exploited here or am I going to get something out of it? Mm-hmm. So it's almost really simple if you, if you just break it down like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was just thinking about like, um, an experience that I had recently that wasn't, <sighs> I mean, I guess it, it wasn't even really, it didn't have to do with money. It had to do with like being like, okay, this is something that I feel. So I, I even said in an interview recently, we were talking about glorifying gun use in music videos and, um, songs, I guess. And I said, like, it's something that I feel really strongly about. That's just not, that's just not something that, um, I would do. And then weirdly enough, a couple of days later, my manager said that, so last year when I was in Europe, I did some songwriting with a bunch of different producers and I wrote this song with a producer in London um, and these two young instrumentalists who are really, these two young female instrumentalists, which was cool. One was a guitar player, one was a keyboard player. But um, they had added this like gun, like this like kind of gun cocking noise, like a into the track. The track was super not me. I wasn't stressed because I wasn't going to ever use it. I honestly thought it was just like writing experience and it was just going to kind of die. And then my manager recently was like, hey, actually, the two girls that you wrote with want to use that song as a release for them. Are you cool with being a feature on it? And I was like, I can't like, you know, right now I'm finishing my album and all like the money is super (laughs) great to have money coming in to put towards the album. Like I need it. But I was like, I I like, can we ask them to get rid of the, the gun noise? Like, I really think that it's, it's unimportant for the song and I know for them, they think it's cool and it, it fits the vibe, but it's really important for me to get rid of it. So she was like, okay. And then they came back back with the song and like they had, it sounded the exact same. They had like put in like a clapping effect, but it still sounded the exact same. And I felt like I felt bad being anal and being like, Hey, actually, can you ask them again to change it or take it out? Like, it was one of those things where I was like, do I just kind of like okay like they, it's a clapping noise I guess it's like better than the gun noise or do I like stick to my guns and say like excuse me stick to my morals <laughs> and uh, <laughs> fuck I know right um and in the end I was like yeah I said I was like I, I it's just like I I don't feel good about like even if they, they're kind of annoyed about it and the producer's like, oh my God, this fucking Canadian girl, like, you know, her and her guns. But like, it, it wouldn't be, I, I felt better about, you know, kind of being picky about it than just letting something happen because, because it was easier to just say, okay, never mind, you know? Because um, well, you're always worried, like, are they going to like me? Are they going to think I'm unprofessional? Are they going to think yeah. I'm a pain in the ass? Da, da, da. Like, I just said that today. There was something that somebody sent me and I was like, when I signed on to this, I said, absolutely not. Like, that's not happening. That's not why. And my text right after was like, I don't want to be in a pain in the ass. And then I thought to myself, like, why did I just say that? I'm not being a pain in the ass. I'm saying I did, I'm going to do what I intended to do at the yeah. beginning. And now you're changing it. So I have to speak up. Yeah. So it's like, I think that's, that's a lot of it. 
there's that's that. the only time that comes up for me of like people liking me if it's at like work stuff other than that you like, don't care it's not that i don't care it's just like if you don't like me that who cares like whatever I want to have a little bit of that. You can do it. It works well and it works really that. badly sometimes. Yeah. Too, so I mean, I mean, whatever. Does anybody else have any questions? Come on. Really? Hi. 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 Hey, you got it. Hi, I'm Maria. Hi everyone. Um, I have a question. I'm kind of taking it more like a personal level. Um, we're all like entrepreneurs, business owners, and everything obviously originated from an idea that we once had and we acted upon it and that's why we're all here today and we're obviously continuing to act upon it. So my question is, some of the things that I deal with are just sort of the insecurities that I have. Like sometimes I'll go to sleep and I'll have like this brilliant idea and I'll wake up and I'm so like gung-ho about it and then all of a sudden I just get lost in my thoughts and I'm like, oh my God, like I just fear the critique that comes with it and sometimes, as we know, it's made up in our head and we have to work on rewiring our brains and whatnot. But I'm wondering from your experiences um, thus far, like how did you deal with sort of those, like um, silencing those fears in your head that even like, that were there in the first place that you could even start working on that idea. Like just bring it all the way back to like the beginning. Can I do this real yeah, quick? Um, so last year we had with whip one of the biggest events that we've ever done. It was huge for us, especially me because all of it was riding on my back. Essentially at the end of the day, I had a whole team that was helping me, but at the end of the day, anything gets fucked up. It's my fault. Um, so there's one thing, set a deadline for yourself. Like if you came up with the idea to start a shopping line, I don't know, whatever it is, I'm going to have whatever it is done to get that shopping line done by April 1st, like put it in your calendar. That's first off. So you're like living into that future. Number two, those fears are never going away, ever. But it's a matter of less thinking and just more doing it. Put your, what is that pavement saying? Pound the pavement? You just have to do it. And then you also have to get people around you to be accountable. Like get a friend that you know is not going to put up with your shit and be like, listen, I said I was going to do this by April 1st. My friend's looking at me right now. And you have to get them to be on your ass about it. Right. So it's like, if you have no, like for it's, for me, it's the gym. No one knows if I'm going to go, no, whatever. If I don't have anyone keeping me accountable, I'm not going to do it. That's how we're built as human beings. So once you start to realize that you have like an accountability coach or partner or friend, not the friend that you know is going to let you get away with it, but the one that's actually going to help you do it. Um, I think that's a huge step that really, really worked for me. And like all the things I'm doing, like I'm like, I am not outgoing. I'm an introvert. I want to be in my bed eating watching movies, watching The Sopranos. Like, that's not, I don't want to buy, half the things I do, I don't actually want to do until I'm there. So, and I think a lot of people feel like that. Like, driving here, I was like, I don't know if I really want to do this. Like, <laughs> but then I'm here and I love it, right? So it's, you're never going to not feel insecure. And I think another thing to always tell yourself, I know this is a long-winded answer, but everybody feels insecure. Everybody's scared of everybody. This girl's scared of me, I'm scared of her. So we're all walking around fucking scared. It's like, if you kind of know that, it's comforting because it's just like, whatever. Like, I, you have to put out crap in order for it to get good. If you never put it out and you're waiting for it to be perfect, good luck with that. I've never seen anybody be able to do that. I look at my work that I used to do, I'm like, oh my God, it's disgusting. But it got me to where I am. So I know there's a lot of points in there, but I think that might help. Um, also just on the insecurity topic, funny when I first met Bianca, I was like, oh my God, she's so beautiful and confident. I'm so intimidated by her. And then when she like contacted me to do the podcast, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Cause I actually wanted to get to know her like as a person. And then we like sat down with each other and told each other like all of our most intimate personal details. And we were like, okay, perfect. So now we know everything about each other. Um, and I'm not intimidated by you. Although her makeup is always flawless. So that's <laughs> fucked. Um, but I was going to say that I have, uh, so like, you know, so I'm a, a singer and a songwriter. I write all my own music and I'm like always writing songs or like when I go into the studio, I'm like always trying to like take risks to write songs that feel like new and fresh and interesting. And, you know, I try weird things, even if I'm like, even if it's hard for me to even say to my producer, like, hey, like, I know this might sound stupid, but let me try it. It might sound super cheesy, but I'm just going to fucking do it. And then sometimes it sounds really good and we're both like, great. But I have... I make sure that I have like five people in my life who I really trust and who know, uh, who have good, like who, whose taste I admire um, and who know me really well and we have a good enough relationship that we can be honest. And I play them, like when I have a track that I'm uh, excited about but also kind of need feedback on, I 
will send it to them or play it in the room with them, which was always like really kind of weird and scary. Um, and my parents actually like too, like I'll play for my parents, I play for my brother, but so I like have like my five people that I really trust and I'll, uh, I really, t I, I, I value their opinions, you know? And it doesn't always mean like if three out of five people hate a song that I did, but I fucking love it. I'm not necessarily going to throw it in the garbage because three of my best friends don't like it, but it will, I'll kind of, you know, think about it a little more deeply. But yeah, I find like that for me is huge to have like five people that I really trust and who um, can be very honest with me and we can kind of sit down and be like, okay, yeah, this is a great idea. Let me help you flesh that out a bit. Or, you know, this has legs. Let's figure out how to kind of like push it farther. And then sometimes they're like, no, that's not a good idea. <laughs> um, sorry. What, what is it that you do? What are, what are you trying to do? Um, the idea that I had? Yeah. Uh, so I'm a writer. Okay. And I had this really good idea about something that I wanted to write. You don't have to tell us if you <laughs> no, like, no, no, want to keep it See, on the low. But this is what I mean. Like, this is like part of that process, like putting it out there and like being like open to being vulnerable. And like you said, those fears aren't going anywhere. So I feel like I have to start getting comfortable in that uncomfortable zone. And like that's a stepping stone. But yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. But no, I def definitely appreciate both your feedbacks. Thank you very much. For, yeah, no problem. For me, it's like when I start feeling comfortable is when I start freaking out. I'm like, wow, I'm not a growing, I'm not evolving. So like, I'm always like on that race, which again has its drawbacks too, because you kind of sometimes forget to appreciate the moment and all like how far you've come. A lot of my friends in my, li my life know that. I'm like, but I'm not where I want to be yet. And they're like, you need to chill. Like you're doing great. So it, it's like a juggling act, man, but you can't the one thing I will say for sure to put a stamp on this answer is like, you cannot do it alone. You have to have people around you helping you. You know who gets it? People who play sports. They have a coach and they have a team. Like we're all walking around winging it, let's be honest. So it's like if you have people around you in your corner that are able to help you get there, you'll be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you guys a question? Um, how do you guys uh, reward yourself when you feel like, okay, so when do you feel like you have achieved personal success? Um, you know, especially for those of us who are like – business owners or um, entrepreneurs or artists like when do you guys because I think that's something that I struggle with is like feeling like yeah like congrats like you did a good job on that or you like you know can like I remember when I released my EP last year everyone was like how does it feel and I was like I, I don't know it was really hard for me to feel like wow like I've done it I did it you know I just kind of kept like I was so in my head about it like should it be exploding bigger on the internet like should more people be listening to it it's hard to kind of like find a way to really like reward yourself and like you know and and tell yourself like yeah you're doing a good job like how do you guys do that and when I guess <laughs> Canadians are so polite like no you no you no you um I was just gonna say I think that we are wired to be dissatisfied. I know that sounds kind of weird but I think that we're wired to it's always next so for me, like, I moved to Toronto less than a year ago. And for a couple of years, I was like, I got to get to Toronto. This From is where? my dream. Calgary. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, there you go. Um, but it was just opportunity. I'm in marketing. This is the city I wanted to be in. It was the right time in my life. And it was like, I got to get to Toronto. I was dreaming about it. And then I got here. And it was, like, smooth. I had a job lined up. Everything yeah. felt good. And I didn't do anything about it. Like, I was just like, okay, I'm here. And now it's like, I need to have friends immediately. And I need to have the best condo immediately. And I need to live in the right area and, you know, be meeting the right people. And I found that now I just actually started a new job. And I kind of reset my brain where I was like, we're going to go out and celebrate this offer this weekend. We're going to celebrate it all weekend. I'm going to have brunch. I'm going to meet with my girlfriends. I'm going to buy that cupcake. I'm going to go to that spin class, whatever it is, celebrating the little moments because life is little moments. You're not, if you celebrate every big moment, you probably wouldn't have that many. And I think the consistency of little things, whether it's I'm laying in my bed, the sun's shining, I have a cup of coffee in my hand, I feel good, it's Monday, I'm going to have a good start to the week, that feels good. When you celebrate those wins and you wire your brain to think of little chunks and it, it um, appreciating and being grateful for little chunks rather than saying I didn't hit this big thing or this isn't happening as fast then you get into the rabbit hole of like okay I moved here and so what like I don't have the crew I had in Calgary I don't have the girls I had in Calgary I don't have the guys I had in Calgary but I'm in Toronto so I should be 
constantly being grateful for the fact that I'm here and I'm building a life for myself here and continuing to just give yourself a break. Like you wouldn't get to that big moment without the 25 little steps it took to, to get there. That's my two steps. Little moments. Yes. That's exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so good, right? So good. Anyway, but I was basically going to say the exact same thing. Like, me and her, we're business partners, and I find that we have very different, like, ways of thinking, and I feel like we, you should celebrate the little things because every accompli- small accom- uh, accomplishment that you make will lead up to your success. Like, we've gotten this far based on all those little things we did, so... We should be happy, and we know we're going to go further based on the little things that yeah. we do. So celebrate them. Yeah. There was this th- uh, again, I haven't, I haven't done this in a while, but it's touching on exactly what you guys are saying. So I started this abundance calendar, and I, would, and, I ma- and I wrote the event at 11 o'clock every night, and it was called Abundance. And so it would come up in my calendar every single day, and I would write down all the things that I got that day, whether it was somebody opening the door for me, somebody like saying hi to me. And then when you start realizing how many things you're, you're attracting to your life, like positive things throughout the day, it'll just multiply. And that all comes back to being grateful. Like all the really successful people that you see that are rich and famous and whatever, the ones that are actually happy are the ones that are, have a gr- uh, gratefulness ritual every single day. Because they're actually like, thank you for being here. Um, I never thought I would be this person. My mom tried to get me to do yoga for years. She was always like, do yoga. It'll help your anxiety and your stress when she acknowledged that I had anxiety. Um, And now I find that when I'm like... uh, When I need to kind of just like recenter, I go to a hot yoga class and at the end when everyone's doing their shavasana and you're like exhausted and you're just like lying on the ground, I sit and I meditate and it's the only time that I can actually get into... Like, I think it's because I'm so physically exhausted and it's dark and everyone's breathing. It's the only time that I can get into a spot. And I, you know, because it's true, I think we are programmed to to be really hard on ourselves. That's the only time that I find I can really hone in. And I like have developed like this mantra again. I I, I, like, I never thought I would be someone who has a mantra, but, um, mom was right. It does help. And I would say like, you are like, you are good, like you are loved, you are lucky, you know, something like that, basically to remind myself, like, just be grateful for all the things that you have and all the things that are, you're excited about and, and that are coming your way because it's, you just, you do lose perspective of that, I think, when you are just like go, go, going and trying to just fucking get everything, you know, you forget all of those little things that you got, someone holding the door open for you, like a friend who you haven't heard from texting you to be like, hey, like, for me, it's like, you know, so so nice to get a message from someone I haven't heard from a long time being like, hey, heard your song on the radio, congrats. Like something like that can like make my day, you know? And I forget to acknowledge that and let it make my day, you know? So yeah, it's nice to have those little moments to like reflect. <laughs> little moments. <laughs> yeah. I think we're almost out of time. Does anyone else have any other questions? Give me one more, guys. One that like, yes, thank you. I was like, someone's holding something in. <laughs> gotcha. Um... It's like a deep one. So right now in my life, I have been trying to get into creative advertising for a long time. And I've been out of school for two years now. And I did a few internships and now I'm at a job that I'm not super happy with. And I feel like I should be doing all these other things in my life. And I don't know like where to go next now. I'm kind of like stuck in this stagnant position. Um, what do you guys think about having a fear of like wasting your potential mm. in life? Mm. It's funny because I have had this conversation has actually come up a lot. Um, so I have my, my boyfriend is a graphic designer and um, went to OCAD and has a job at a startup that he has health benefits. He has catered lunches every day um, and it's comfy, it's cozy, it's close to home, but it's just like, it does not fulfill his creativity. And I was brought up in a family of creative hippie parents who were like, if it's not nurturing you, move on. Like, yeah, health benefits are great, but like, can you really do something for 30 years and drag your feet to work every day like that I think like I was just brought up to be like that kind of is my nightmare um you know I think I'd rather struggle and like have to sell my clothes at common sort to like make rent um but feel inspired by what I do so 
yeah, anyways, I've, I've had this, and his, my boyfriend's parents are like very different and they're like, you've got health benefits, stay at your job. You know, like you're lucky to have what you have, stay at your job. So it's tricky because I totally see both sides, but because of the way that I was raised, like I'm more inclined to tell someone, um, like, don't be impulsive. Don't just, don't just quit with nothing without a kind of a plan, you know, like maybe start thinking about, okay, so if I was to quit, here's how my next five months look, um, so that you're not, you know, like, woo, I'm free. And then you have nothing, you know, to support yourself. I think that's pretty scary, but I don't know. It, it's, that's hard for me. Cause I don't want to, you know, it's, it's hard. I guess I'm like a bit of a romantic dreamer when it comes to that kind of thing. But I think like just going to a job where you just don't feel like passionate or inspired I think I've done it uh, and it's, it's fucking brutal. I don't think I could do I it. I feel like I'm like so stifled for creativity. Like I go in there and it's like a cement room and like, I want to move on. I just don't know where. Okay. So what's, what are you stuck? What's, what's okay. in the way? <laughs> I hope this doesn't get <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> it would uh, screw me over. But, um, so I'm in a media planning agency and I am the boss's executive assistant. I also, manage office operations, kind of, not manage, coordinate, because manage is a high, high position. Um, and I've been doing it for nine months now. I started last June. Um, and so I, yeah, no. What's stopping you? I don't know. That's Fear, my right? thing, right? Right now I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. Like I, wanna, I wanted to go into creative advertising so badly when I got out of school that I pushed for it and then realized my program was pretty broad and I didn't have, I could have gone to OCAD, I went to an arts high school, but I didn't. And so I had this general college degree in advertising and marketing communications and I didn't. Uh, so you're going for interviews and that's just not cutting it. Is that what you're telling me? Well, I haven't gone, she's pushing me to, to get my shit together and I can't So you're the accountable my, friend. Okay, so yeah, like I'm not gonna giggle and shit with you right now. Like set a deadline. Yeah. Like she said, you don't have to quit your job tomorrow. No. But set a deadline. Yeah. I'm going to go on this amount of interviews by this date. And if yeah. it means you need to go, it looks like you need to get more education, yeah. then that's what you need to do. That's like we only live like once, man. Yeah. Like as far as I know. So it's like. I know. But that's my fear is like I'm, I'm afraid that I'm like, don't like I'm not like reaching my, like I'm what? I'm almost Each 24. Day you're not going to an interview. You're wasting another time. Exactly. Yeah. She's so annoying. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but she's your annoying friend that actually cares about you and wants to see you do it. And I totally yeah. get it. I totally get that like what I'm saying can sound like, oh, it's just like some concept, but yeah. literally set it in your calendar. By this yeah. date, I'm going to have this many interviews. And if you keep getting the same back feedback from interviews, like, look, you just don't have the experience or the yeah, background yeah, yeah. yet, go I get more go. education. Yeah. You can do it. It's, yeah. it's, it's just like black okay. and white. Do it or don't do it. Okay. I have, yeah. my, I have my push. I think like also it comes down to maybe even like networking, you know, like not just like setting up interviews with professional yeah. agencies. It's like, there are so many creatives in Toronto. Yeah. I guarantee that like your friends have friends who can help you network. There's probably forums on Facebook, you know, um, maybe they're young companies who won't be able to pay you as much and they might not give you benefits. But I think like, you know, once you kind of like, Toronto is a big city with a lot of um, a lot of really interesting people, who, and and I think that there's so much networking potential. You just got to yeah. have to kind of like find those people who can help you, and then kind of go from there. And it's not like yeah, don't quit your job tomorrow, but like start feeling the waters and kind of getting out there, and that will inspire you enough that like you won't feel like you're dragging yourself yeah. to work for the next five months. You know. Okay. 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 We just have a comment over here. Oh. Um, I was just gonna say that I was kind of in the same boat. And so my advice is, well, I had two pieces of advice, which was one was from a friend. And um, she basically said, look for a creative outlet outside of your job. Mm -hmm. So like, which is, you know, you might not have time for it. But like, if you're interested in photography, like something just to keep you inspired and motivated. Um, another thing is like what you touched on as well, because I, I feel like I'm your boyfriend. Um, <laughs> but, um, but like things that you can do is reach like, Put a list of companies that are your dream companies that you'd want to work for and go on LinkedIn, find people who are in senior positions and just send them a note and say, you know, I'd love to chat. Like not even like a straight up interview for another role and learn to see if they struggle with the same things you struggle with. And that's when you'll determine if like you need to make a career move or if you just need to switch out of your company eventually. And like that network in two years, like I did that and 
some of the people that I met helped me get like my current job, which are people that I would have never thought that would get me the job that I have. So they could be beneficial to you in like five years too. Yeah, so totally. that's my advice. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And just to finish that thought, I was just I thinking about uh, a friend of mine had a really very cool job. She had like, she was working at like a very illustrious place. I'm not going to name names in Toronto. And then she lost her job kind of suddenly. And it was given to a male who had less experience than her. And she was really bummed. And she had like gone through a breakup and was just, I think just like, what the fuck is next? And she, it was a good kick in the butt for her that kind of like, that kind of like dropout, that kind of like shit, what do I do was a really big kick in the butt for her. And she started her own company and now she's doing like brand consulting for female driven companies. And she's like the happiest she's ever been. She's finally honed in on what she wanted to do. And she did a lot of like, she contacted strangers and said like, can I take you out for a coffee? Can I pick your brain? It was never like, can I have a meeting? You know, but she was like, can I just take you out and can we chat? And a lot of people were really receptive and were like, yeah, for sure. And now she's like thriving and I'm just incredibly proud of her. So like, even though like a lot of parents will be like, that's bullshit, that's dreams. It's actually not. And you can totally shape, you know, your life the way you want it to be because you kind of have to. So that's definitely a generational thing too, right? They're not trying to squash your dreams. It's just, it's just where they're coming from, right? Like for them, they didn't have that choice. They were just trying to survive. So it's like a lot of the times listening to that, you kind of have to just click yourself back and be like, well, I'm not trying to survive right now. I'm trying to actually like thrive. Yeah. I hate that quote, but whatever. Oh my God, is that on a bumper sticker somewhere? Because it should be. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm like, we have them. Um, so just a quick comment, and I'm, I'm just going to ask you a question right after. Sure. Um, just going back to the conversation you guys had with regards to success, I feel like when I was a, a lot younger, a big focus of mine, I think a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs was to um, build a million-dollar business and just be happy <laughs> and, and whatnot, right? Yeah. Um, but as I got older and I worked on my character growth and my personal growth, I realized that um, achieving and sustaining inner peace was the big focus for me in terms of what success means for me. And I don't think you can put a dollar value on that. Obviously, you still want to be a millionaire and whatnot, but <laughs> a primary focus for me is achieving and sustaining inner peace. Um, and then second, well, and now my question here is, given that it's International Women's Day, um, how do you feel how do you think we as men what can we do to better support women good question you're doing it right now (laughs) (laughs) just being here no but uh, not only the question but just being here to listen to us speak is huge i mean we always have guys at our events there's not that many hi i see all of you with my eyes but um just being here to listen to the conversation. Like, do you know how, okay, every time I go somewhere, the only people that come up to me and say I listen to your podcast are dudes. Every single time. I think we had one girl. Yeah, every single time. So like, that's really important to me. Like I know our branding and how it looks or whatever, but you being here to just hear the conversation is super important. I mean, at the end of the day, you come into an event like this and we're talking about the same thing you would talk about anyway, right? It's, it's, I think that for me, that's, that's what it is. For me, I would say because um, because of what I do, and I, I'm in the arts, I'm a musician, and um, within the arts, there are so many talented women, but I think that it's easy to for men to kind of like, okay, so they know this, this male director, they've seen his stuff, he's good, I'm just going to go with him instead of kind of looking looking a little deeper and being like, you know what, there's actually like a bunch of other female directors, like I, I would just encourage men to keep hiring women and like giving them the opportunities because there are so many creative, talented women who are just as talented as the guys. But I think there's a lot of intimidation on our side too. Like I know a lot of female musicians when I was hiring my band, I know so many female musicians, but it was all the guys who were coming forward to me and were like, I do this. Here's my like demo. There was no, like they weren't self-conscious at all. They were like, I can nail it. I'm fucking great. And then all the women I know who were probably just as good as the men, they were like, Ah, I've only been playing for like eight years. I'm like, okay, you know, and it was just, it was, it's because we're just taught, like, I think we just constantly feel like we have to be a hundred percent or we're not going to get the job. So I'd say just like encouraging men to, to, to broaden the scope when they're hiring women, um, because we're out there and we're really good, but we're only going to get more confident and successful by, you know, like I can hire women and I do a lot of my music videos are all my music videos are female directed and produced but 
encouraging men around me to do the same because you know that's just how we're going to continue to grow. I think that's really important too. All everyone who hires me is a woman. Now that I think about it, and like yeah, that's awesome. But like I want to get hired like all over the place. So like I need men to hire me too. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I thought I haven't really thought about that in a while. That's a really good point. Yeah, thank you for asking that. It's like something for me to even mull over. Like, how can you guys, I don't know if support is even the right word, but how can you guys just be part of this, mm-hmm. you know? And be like genuinely, genuinely a part of it too. Like, it's so awesome to like have you here, but it's also awesome to have you here and be like engaged. engaged. That's so amazing and so like inspiring, I think, you know, it's really, really nice. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I think we're all done, guys. Yeah. Um, okay, so hang on. I've always wanted to do this. Oh, you're doing an audience photo? Yeah. <laughs> Should I do a photo or a video? Yeah. How do people do this? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> one step. Okay, ready? Just look, Wait, I'll do a boomerang. Like a stadium. I'll do a boomerang. You have to stand in it too. Oh, am I getting in it? Okay. <laughs>